My name is Erin Kincaid, and you are listening to Life Without Fear. I will be talking about mental health disorders, stress, and therapy, and how to deal with them if you if you don't have a mental health disorder, and how to seek help if you do. First, let's start with me. I think it's important to know about the person you're listening to so you can connect. Again, my name is Erin Kincaid. I am 21. And I have a son that's almost five months old. You could probably hear him in the background. Hmm. I have encountered many people this year with mental health disorders. Most of them didn't know that they had them. And I'm one of those people. This first episode is called Life Without Fear. And family will be who who I'm talking about for the most part. If you're still interested, keep listening. So let's break the ice. I have postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety and a bit of PTSD. I learned that after having my son. See, I learned that people having pity on me or, you know, a whole lot of sad things going on because I had these things, it makes it worse. So no pity, please. Okay, so what I learned is that depression is a numbness, an emotion, and it causes sadness because you don't feel things either the same way or at all. And I know people are like, oh, well, with with depression, don't you feel a whole lot of emotions? Sometimes you don't know which emotions you feel, so the only one that really you could interpret is sadness. So that's why I said numbness. And I also learned that anxiety, postpartum anxiety, is an inability to control your emotions, calm yourself, and have, and you have an extensive amount of worry that adds up every single day. And some people, with some people that makes your life feel meaningless having those two either together or separate. This is for those people who find it hard to understand a person's shortcomings because of their mental health disorders. And those people who think people with mental health disorders or people that's stressed or, you know, people who, you know, go to therapy are dramatic. But I'm telling you now, They aren't. I also learned that some disorders can go away if you heal from them properly. And some are with you for life. But you can manage them so they won't hinder your life and you can still be happy. Now this all probably might sound easy. But this is the hardest thing a person can do. Now, working on yourself while you have these mental health disorders, having a routine really helps. Now I know a woman, she has bipolar disorder. And so when she's depressed, her house gets extremely junky and she can't, in her mind, she can't do any work. She just, it's just, she's just non-productive. And this kind of stresses her out to make her not 
motivated to do anything else. But when she's manic, she either overspends, go out and spends a whole lot of money, but the bright side is, when she is manic, she's able to clean her whole house. And some people might say, well, that's a great balance. But for her, that's just not the life that she chose. You know, she just has to manage her mental disorder around her life, you know. Um, Other than that, she's extremely inspiring and just, I love, I love listening to her. I love watching her and I just love understanding more about what's going on with her so I can help either my friends or my family members feel more welcome into my life because when you don't understand a person or what they're going through what they what you see from them might seem odd if you don't have a mental health disorder what you see from them might just be weird and you just like I don't want to hang with them I don't understand them they don't vibe with me the right way so I can't get no I can't I can't be around that person that's how I used to be before I learned about mental health disorders. Life was just black and white to me. Then I learned about all these problems, and it, and it happened once I had on myself. And it wasn't, oh, I learned I had on myself, that's why I started learning about other people's. No, I learned about other people's, and then I learned about how I had it myself, and then I started going to counseling. And... Honestly, guys, um, it's hard out here, and I know some people might, might feel this to the core, like, it's hard out here. When I was younger, yeah, when I was younger, I used to always feel like things should be like a Cinderella story or Beauty and a Beast, you know, when you're in a relationship and that person just don't. They're not a good person, but you feel like you can make them into a good person. And um, that ended up smacking me in the face in the long run, you know, real hard. And I'm still in the midst of that. But let me continue with that story. So when I was younger, I lived in this fantasy world because, you know, guess what? I love Disney movies. I love Disney movies, and they had a huge effect on my life but there you wasn't true so I brought that into my adult life but life is not sweet so yeah and that caused a little bit of PTSD for me going into these relationships without you know uh adult mindset um yeah so again with the mental health disorders that's how one of mine was caused all right So, I know another person that has narcissistic personality disorder. And most people are like, oh, we hear about that so much. Uh, Just because a person is just manipulative don't mean that that they are uh, narcissistic. Well, it's mixed with a little bit of borderline personality disorder. It's not just all dry, cut, sweet, you know what I mean? It's, it's always sometimes a mix in there. And I did not know. I did not know until I experienced what 
what can happen when you are the supply to this person that is narcissistic or borderline personality until you are a supply of that person you know and they use you to get what they need out of you you won't really understand so let me tell you the story with that person I felt like that person was my soulmate and everything was perfect you know Uh, we are extremely religious so not religious we love God I don't like using that word religious but we are extremely loving to the most high and everything so when I found another person like me he was the first person and we were able to study together it was it was great you know everything was perfect I was thinking like oh I'm gonna marry this person so I'm doing everything I can to prepare myself to be a wife according to the Bible and hmm guess what <laughs> I got pregnant then we got married and after that all hell broke loose all hell broke loose it was not okay. It was extremely, um, I don't even, I can't even find a word. Uh, <laughs> it was chaotic. Like, I'm not exaggerating. So the first thing, I'm getting bigger. I'm going through emotions. I'm also in school and I'm working. Then COVID happened. Hmm. I just got married this year, guys. So, um, So I'm this go-getter woman, right? But now I'm fatigued. My employer is telling me that I can't work too many days, so he put me down to two days. And I so my go-getterness didn't feel too much go-getter. Then I'm like I said, I'm fatigued. They won't let me work. COVID happened. That's why they wouldn't let me work. And I'm getting abused at home. At first, it was just verbally abused. At first, it was just verbally abused. Then, you know, I became four months pregnant. Then my emotions, my hormones started going crazy. And so they call it postpartum rage. And that's what happened. Every time I felt that I was being verbally abused, I got into a rageful state. And I called it, at the time, I called it distress. Because I I wouldn't be able to control my emotions and I would lean on this other person to help me stay calm. But they were, they weren't calm. They were belittling me, devaluing me, and just provoking me to anger all the time. And I didn't understand, like, before we got married, I didn't let nothing really get to me. So he probably was doing it before and I didn't notice because I'm going to let nothing get to me. But now that I'm hormonal and because of all of this emotional abuse, I'm triggered all the time. And then I want to fight. <laughs> so whenever I would be verbally abused, I would want to fight. So I would try to go inside the bathroom to separate myself from that negativity. But that person would not let me get no time by myself. So guess what? This other thing is called reactive abuse. I would, 
in my mind, I would think I'm defending myself, but I'm not using my words. I'm using my fists. <laughs> and so I didn't understand why I was like that because I haven't gotten into a fight in years. Like I was probably 13 years old the last time I had a fight. I'm 21. I was, I was confused. I was like, I don't know what's going on with me. I had gotten to a very good state in my life where I was fine. I was okay with just being, you know, I love my own company. I, I thought I loved myself, but with this relationship, it kind of questioned that a little bit. So again, uh, I, I was reacting to the abuse with abuse, but it was still abuse. So we were abusing each other, but because of my lack of, you know, control over my emotions and I was obviously pregnant, like I said, I have a five-month-old baby. This was literally five months ago. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was crazy. Bless you, bless you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that happened. Then that person started provoking me while I was behind the wheel. And so once I understood what was going on, because I do do my my research all the time. I didn't know he had narcissistic personality disorder or borderline personality disorder. I was just, I was doing my research about myself. So I knew that I was, I had uh, postpartum rage. I knew that I had uh, mommy brain and I knew that I was fatigued. So, in my mind, this was all my fault. So, what I did was I tried to calm myself. I started journaling. I started writing down my feelings. And then I started expressing my feelings to him. But guess what? It didn't work because that person isn't really capable of empathy. And so, when I would try to express my feelings to have an outlet and to either apologize and to set boundaries so I won't be able to put myself to that point anymore. It didn't work. We lived in the same household. Um, He would always, 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 always break my boundaries. And that's that that will go from coming to me, like coming to me after he didn't use the restroom and try to touch me and he didn't wash his hands or Or just be in my face and you know it it was some things really triggered me and was extremely annoying and when I would get irritated I would be I would have anxiety and then if I when I didn't know how to react to my anxiety I would be triggered to react to it in a abusive way so yeah so then after I found out that he is not one of my outlets I cannot speak to him I cannot tell him about none of my emotions I started going to counseling and that person really helped like I did not put my hands on him and I was really happy about that. I started learning self-control and self-worth all over again. Like, I, I already knew this stuff, but being pregnant and emotional and hormonal, she helped me feel like I was okay instead of I was crazy, you know, because I've never been pregnant before. This is my first son. 
So I didn't understand how it affected a person to carry another human being inside of their body. So that was that was a great experience to have someone to talk to and but honestly because he wasn't my outlet that that made our relationship even worse. He wanted to be my outlet even though he wasn't capable of helping me get through things but making it worse. He but he still wanted to be that outlet and he couldn't. So that made him more angry and he hated it. He hated he hated when I spoke to anybody else but him. So it went to verbal 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 abuse, emotional abuse, to physical abuse. And this happened when it was one day I was he we we drove to my mom's house because I didn't have any clothes and we would wash clothes there. Like I didn't have any clothes, clean clothes, so we would wash over her house. But once we got to her house, I think it was the conversation we had before and I was expressing to him of how grateful I was that my mom um, um, is growing as a person. And he was hell bent on telling me that my mom didn't grow as a person. And I was just like, okay, whatever you feel. (laughs) But I, I just wanted to get out of the car because he didn't have the right energy and he wasn't supportive. And so once he sensed that I just wanted to hurry the heck up and get out of the car, he locked the doors, put the car on drive. Once we got in front of my mom's house and parked, he locked the doors, put the car in drive, and tried to drive off. And I said, oh, no, I don't have no clean clothes. I'm getting out the car. He said no. And what I did was unlock the door, hopped out the car, because... I was pretty much scared at that point because I didn't know what the heck was going to go on if I would let him drive off with me. So I ended up hopping out the car. I scraped my knee super bad. It was terrible. I was bleeding. My hands were scratched up. My phone was broke. And I went to my mom's house. It was like he didn't drive that fast when he was pulling off, but he, he did drive all the way off once I hopped out the car. So when I hopped out the car, I went to my mom's house. He drove off. Like, he was driving for about 20 minutes before he um, came back to my mom's house. After I had a band-aid and everything, I washed a few loads, and I'm talking to my mom. I was telling her, wow, he didn't even see if I was okay. Mm. So once he got back, he was calmer. I was calm. And I told my mom not to tell him that I told her. And once I had my loads of clothes, I, we went back home. I started folding clothes. Then I got into bed. I did not speak to him because I was furious. I was furious because the whole time I didn't get an apology for not letting me out the car and not sticking to the plan. But this is the uh, lecture I got. That I'm not, I don't have no authority, basically. That's what he told me. I don't have no authority. 
And so I asked him, I was like, so this is about control? This is about authority to you? And after that, I had, like, my, I had a stuffy nose too, so I had some warm water. And I was just sitting my face over that water. And I wanted to throw that water on him so badly. So badly. And I, but I didn't. I didn't. I just felt extremely disrespected. And so, being the depressed and just dealing with the hormones, I did not want to be here with a person that won't care about me. And if I feel like if he didn't care about me nor himself, that he wouldn't care about our son. So, with that, I didn't want to be alive. So, yeah. Then I came to my senses after that. I came to my senses. Then he tried to leave the house with our car. Like, my name was on the vehicle. So I said, no. Mm -mm. No, you can walk. Because, no. Hell no. He, he, he had substance abuse, so I wasn't going to let him out there with my vehicle because I have to take my baby back and forth. Well, I have to take myself back and forth to the hospital so I can make sure my baby is okay. And I wasn't just about to risk that because he wanted to be um, irresponsible. So he, he wrestled me for the keys. I just had them in my hand, and I said, no, you're not getting these. And so he wrestled me for the keys. He started choking me and punching me, and he threw me up against the wall. And I'm trying to fight myself off of him. Like, I'm no, he's on top of me, so I'm trying to fight him off of me. And he ended up biting my face. And me being fatigued and fucking, I'm sorry, excuse my language, and being like four or five months pregnant at this time, I was tired. And my body hurt it so bad. Um, I lay down on the bed and he punched me one last time in my leg. And I just couldn't move after that. And then he tried to call the police. And then he wanted me to talk to the police. But I, t I, I didn't say not one word because I really couldn't. I was exhausted. And um, then he wanted to cry. And then he wanted to pray. So with that, I just prayed with them. Like, I let him talk but because I really couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't move. And, um... That's when I found out something was wrong <laughs> with me and him. <laughs> uh, so I, I sought help, but he didn't, even though I, I said we need some help. Prayer, prayer definitely works, but faith without works is dead, sir. So while I'm healing, even to this day, he's digging himself a deeper hole. <clears throat> And so now we're getting divorced. And it's only been, what's this month? 10 months? Yep, it's only been 10 months. But this happened in April. And we got married in January. And I found out he was cheating in February. <laughs> so it's been, it's been a hard not situation for me. So... 
Yeah. I know that. I know that with these mental disorders and with stress, you can overcome it. But you have to take the right, the right um, healing process, the right, the right um, way to heal yourself from it. You can't self-medicate. You can't hide, run. You can't do anything. You can't run from yourself. And I'm glad I knew this at a younger age because that inspired me to pick myself back up, go reach for, um, you know, go, go look for help. Go look for a therapist. And right now I'm with the counselor, and I believe that those are two different things. But she helps me get my get my thoughts out. Like most most therapists, um, they help you understand what's going on with you. But if you already know what's going on with you, even your childhood traumas, then you need a counselor. I believe. Um, I don't like to be medicated. I don't want to ever become dependent on substance. So that's why I'm using journaling research uh, um, exercise and uh, motivation and affirmations and stuff to to heal myself and prayer and and faith I'm using all of that to heal myself and you know I feel like that's all that's needed in consistency that's all that's needed. You need to work your way out of those cycles, those habits, those bad behaviors, those bad emotions, and just free yourself from those thoughts. Free yourself from those actions that you just, why do I, like, those, those actions that you keep saying, why do I keep doing that? I know better. Every single time I put my hands on that man, I was just thinking, like, why do I keep doing that? And so when I found out the why, which was my pregnancy and being verbally and emotionally abused, and that is called reactive abuse, I understood myself better. And I understood that I am a victim of a person with narcissistic personality disorder and that I need help. So right now, I'm seeking that help. And uh, I just got diagnosed with uh, postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression. But that's, that's not going to become who I am, you know. These um, disorders that I have, and including PTSD, these are not with me for life. And I'm going to make sure of that. I'm going to learn from it. I'm not going to just let these things become me. I'm going to learn from them. The lessons can become me, but not the... Um, not the disorders. I won't let it. I won't let it sit and I won't stay comfortable in it. I'm going to learn and I'm going to be the best person I could be. Because guess what? We learn by example. And my son is going to see me when, I, when he grows up. And I want him to know how to act. This is not the, the um, country to not know how to act in. This is not it. Yep, this is not the country, because I have a black son. 
No thank you. No thank you. No thank you. I'd rather not. He's gonna be well behaved. And 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 I know most of these the guys that are out here being killed are not bad guys. Let me just say that. Let me just say that. They are not bad guys. And so the best thing I could do is just, you know, be a good mom and make make the young make his life good for the most part before he encounter any situations like that. And I'm praying that he doesn't. But I'm gonna be honest with you. Until I got these, like, I don't know, the, these disorders, these stress and life, when it hits you and you have to learn a lesson, you start seeing the world as it is. And that could cause many other disorders. But you have to stay strong. You have to be the good in the world. If you are determined to be the good in the world, the bad won't seem so bad. Because guess what? There has to be a balance somewhere. It has to be. If it was too many good people in the world, how would we learn? You know what I mean? If it wasn't bad, if it wasn't bad people in the world, how would we learn? How would we know how to be? I don't. It was this saying that sin. Wait, wait. Yes, the commandments are the knowledge of sin, right? And how would you know how to keep the commandments? How would you know how to keep the commandments if you didn't know what sin was? And to me, that made a lot of sense. It's like, okay, how would we know what not to do if we didn't know what that is? Like, how we, how would we know what not to do if we didn't know what the bad was, right? I'ma just, I'ma just think about that. <laughs> and um, yeah. That's just how I view things. And although life is not perfect and we want it to be, we want it to be. Yes, we do. But it's not. We're not there yet. We're just not there yet. And you can't let this world bring you down. Like I said, you have to be the good that you want to see in this world. And you have to be led by good. And to be honest with you, yes, we learn lessons from our ancestors, right? We learn the lessons from them, but that does not mean they come down to speak to us. <laughs> okay, all right, you learn from mistakes. You learn by the recordings of history. You learn by experience, okay? And I just, I just wanted to say that it's a journey. But like me, you can do it. Take it day by day. And again, this is Aaron Kincaid. And you're listening to Life Without Fear. Stay tuned for my new episode, October 21st at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you. Bye.